Fierce Women Writing is a partner of We Need Diverse Books, a nonprofit that advocates for diversity in children's and young adult publishing at every level. They have many programs that support this mission, including grants, mentorships, and retreats for writers, classroom book giveaways, an app for diverse book recommendations, and others. Learn how you can help them put more books featuring diverse characters into the hands of all children at weneeddiversebooks.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, the podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, fierce writers. Today's guest is Isabel Ibanez. Isabel Ibanez is the author of Woven in Moonlight, which has received starred reviews and earned praise from NPR. She was born in Boca Raton, Florida, and is the proud daughter of two Bolivian immigrants. Isabel's an avid moviegoer and loves hosting family and friends around the dinner table. She currently lives in Asheville, North Carolina, with her husband, their adorable dog, and a serious collection of books. Here's Isabel Ibanez reading from her new novel, Written in Starlight. Hi, thank you so much for having me, and I'm just going to jump right in. So it's Capitulo Uno. Legend says if the jungle wants you, it will have you. The tree line looms ahead, smothering and terrifying in the dying light. Long tentacles of fog snake around thick trunks as if readying to choke the life from anyone foolish enough to enter. The sharp trill of birds and buzzing locusts are the only sounds coming from the jungle fringes, but even I know there are monsters lurking beneath the vivid green canopy. Anacondas, jaguars, black caimanes with teeth the length of my palms. And that's only the bigger creatures. I've read books about toads capable of bringing a grown man to the brink of insanity. Piranhas that ravage flesh straight to the bone in seconds. Then there are the rumors of terrible, dark magic. Magic that comes from the earth, hungry and wanting to devour. Only the Alari know how to survive it, becoming monsters themselves in order to reign over the forest. I've been sentenced to die here. My final resting place cut off from the life I've always known back in La Ciudad Blanca. There's nothing I could have done to prepare for my journey. No books to read, no conversation to be had, no amount of training to defend myself. A sharp screech echoes beyond the trees. My stomach swoops as I've launched myself off the illustrian tower, screaming the whole way down. Don't be a coward, Catalina. You're the Condesa, born to rule in Casisa. You will survive this, or you'll die with dignity, damn it. I force out a long exhale and shove all thoughts of the jungle's creatures far from my mind. But the pressure in my chest curls tight like a clenched fist. What do you know about being brave? The voice is close and intimate, utterly resistant 
to silencing. It's been one week since my fate was decided, and I'm still coming to terms with my exile and how badly I messed up my life and my people's future. I study the six guards crowding me. They are my enemies, armed with swords and pikes and knives, traveling close at my elbows and high up on their horses while I clutch the reins of my poor sweaty mule. Not one of them has offered me anything to drink or eat in hours. As if we're taking a minute to rest, forget it. We've been riding nonstop since dawn. At least my ride is cute. The sweetest animal I've ever seen with big brown eyes and soft tufts of hair. I lean forward and curl my fingers in her thick mane, wishing I could take her far away from this place. Maybe the guards will leave her behind with me. At least I'd have a friend. Adelante, one of the guards says. I dig my heels and attempt to move us forward. Diosa, I hate being told what to do. The creature whines, but obeys the sharp whistle that comes from the captor on my right. I shoot the yaksin a disgruntled look while attempting to hold on as the mule propels us forward. My heart thuds painfully in my chest as we approach the tree line. The tall grass slowly transitions to the dappled jungle floor under the mule's hooves. Thick fog descends, casting the ropey vines as villainous snakes. Panic curls deep in my belly, like the mist clutching the tree trunks. My dark hair sticks to the back of my neck, a knotty mess. I want to take the time to properly braid it, to coil it high on the crown of my head, but no one spares a minute for grooming or bathing. All I need is 20 minutes to look presentable. Maybe then I'd feel more like myself. And that was it. (laughs) That was beautiful. Thank you so much for reading for us today. Welcome to the show. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Isabel, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? (laughs) Um, I think the most important thing, it's such a good question. And I don't think I've ever really been asked that, but the most important thing for me is that there is nothing else on my docket. If I know during the day, I have to answer 10 emails, have a podcast interview, um, have to go grocery shopping. It's like, I cannot fully sink into the story. And I just need a clear, clear schedule. So that way I can take as long as I need to, to be able to sink into the story or if I need breaks, if I need to go out for a walk, it's all part of that process. But I need the, I need the time and space to be able to just get into the business of writing a story. Mm. And then I think the other things while I'm, when I'm actually sitting down, I always light a candle at the start of a writing session and then I blow it out to just kind of signify, okay, I'm done. Um, always have chapstick and I always have something to drink. I wish I was a tea drinker, but I'm not. So it's typically coffee and I'm trying to limit myself on coffee. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot like you that I really need a clear schedule, um, but that can be really hard to create sometimes. Do you find that to be difficult to make that time? No, I'm really fortunate. So my husband and I, um, we don't have kids currently. And so, you know, I'm in the season of my life where I just have more of an open schedule. And I'm very fortunate that I'm able to do writing full time. So this is, you know, this is what I'm dedicated, uh, my energy and my time, most of my focus. Um, Mm. So I don't, I, I typically don't have a lot of distractions. What has been 
other other things, you know, are this the side effects of having a writing career, which is it feels like a social media presence, answering emails, doing interviews, writing up interviews, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I have historically never been really great at budgeting my time, but I am learning. I am trying to learn at least. <laughs> How do you nurture your creativity? I think I'm inspired by a lot of different things. Typically, it's a feeling. And for Woven in Moonlight and Written in Starlight, for sure, it was Bolivian history, which has just a long history of colonization and oppression and war. Um, And that, to me, was very inspiring because I would go to Bolivia every summer and spend three months out of the year there (laughs) up until I was 18 years old. And so I saw the effects of that. And it deeply saddened me. And so a lot of that inspiration for these two books was just my own personal experience in a country that I love so much. Um, my whole family is there. So it all kind of that for those two books specifically, I took my own upbringing to be able to, to write those. Um, and again, I went with the feeling of this story of a revolution told from the perspective of someone who had been taught certain things and kept behind a wall. And she goes through this process of unlearning. And um, for my other books, I think that I really love this idea of sinking myself into the world and, and seeing what kind of story I could pull out of it. I have a book coming out. Um, it's called Together We Burn. And for me, what really hooked me was just this idea of a flamenco dancer in medieval Spain and with dragons. And I wasn't sure how I was going to make all of it work, but I knew that I wanted those elements in there because that's the kind of story that I would want to read. And yeah, yeah. so it, it varies from book to book, but for sure it starts with um, some kind of feeling. What is your best writing tip? You know, when I started, I received a lot of writing tips, but I think ultimately the one that is the most useful is just sit down and finish the book because you cannot make, you cannot revise what's not written. You cannot make something prettier if it's not on the page. You cannot get better if you don't have a starting point and you're going to need a finished book. And so no matter what and however it's possible in your life and space and time, just sit down and finish that book. What's your biggest writing challenge right now? Writing is such a, it's a creative outlet, right? And it is, um, and, it, and it also feels incredibly private. And as the books have been coming out and as I've received some recognition and as my social media presence has gotten larger, um, the external voices surrounding me have only gotten louder. And so for me, part of the challenge has been to just keep my eyes on my own page and to trust my voice and trust my experiences and what I bring to the table and to really try to put all these other voices in their proper place because they belong in a specific area and it's not necessarily so loud in my head. What do you do when you're trying to overcome a block? I typically will take a break. I don't force it. I think I've always struggled with the idea of, okay, I'm going to write from this time to this time. And it just seems 
overwhelming and kind of daunting to think I'm going to sit down and then this creativity is just going to turn on like a light switch. And so when I've cleared off my schedule and I have the time and space, I can really relax. And so if it's not, if it, if I sit down and the words aren't coming, I take a walk or I will read a favorite book, like just a scene. I will watch a, a really inspiring, epic movie. I will <laughs> sometimes typically prepare a snack. You know, it just might mean mm-hmm. like switching up my, what I'm doing in that moment and kind of changing the scenery or changing a task. So I, I do try to, I, I never try to force it because I have been there where I have been on deadline and I needed to get the words down. And I have to tell you that when I've gone back to reread those words, I usually am not pleased with, with the product. So, mm. yeah. What about editing and revising tips? Oh gosh. I really love to edit and revise. To me, that is the most fun part of writing. And I know people are incredibly different and they have different approaches on writing in general. But for me, drafting has always been just something that I am needing to finish, needing to get done, getting through it. And then the revising and editing process is just so life-giving. And for me, I always, always have a checklist and for, and it starts like with big edits and then medium edits and then little edits. And I always tackle the big edits first and then I tackle medium edits and then I tackle the little edits and then I will reread the book again. And then I will continue making edits, particularly in that stage for reader experience. And so I, when I'm rereading the book, I am thinking about the reader and how they are going to interact or respond emotionally to the work. And so I want to capitalize and make sure that things that are supposed to feel tense actually do feel tense, you know? So that would be my, my tip. Talk to me about the relationship between your physical and mental health and your writing. I think for me this, this past year with my debut coming out in terms of my mental health, I have, discovered that I need to be way more proactive in protecting my creativity and taking a step back and not putting myself directly in places that will harm that. And And to be fair, it took me a long time to realize what those places were. So for example, for me, it's no longer reading any kind of review, staying off of Goodreads, kind of reassessing my approach to social media and Instagram and making sure that I am staying far away from spheres that I really don't need to be in. And mm-hmm. that to me um, is something that I really want to work on this year because I don't think that I did a good job and I had been learning and social media can be wonderful and I love connecting with readers, but at the same time, there is just so much access and Like I think about writers who were writing in the 50s, way ahead of social media, and um, a writer, an an author now can be tagged or shown and any kind of review with or without your consent. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's recognizing the places that I really need to guard that creativity because it will, it really does mess with me. Um, (laughs) I'm just a fragile writer just trying to put down stories on paper. So, and then the physically, um, 
I realized too that there are extremes to the job, especially when I'm on deadline. And I want to be super proactive of not needing to write, for example, 5,000 words um, in the night. And it takes me all the way up until the early hours of the morning just so that I can finish a deadline. That there is a better way for me to prepare um, an approach to deadline. And it doesn't mean that I have to stay up so late or be writing all the time. And movement is so important too. I've realize the longer I'm in this profession, the more I'm sitting and sedentary. And so moving, like just moving or going out for a walk, stretching, all of that is super important. And it all kind of ties in, especially during deadline, which everything feels way more urgent and, and, and good things and good practices just kind of fall by the wayside. Would you tell us about your experience with publishing? So I went to I went to college and I studied creative writing and that was my major and immediately after college I tried to get published and it did not go well. <laughs> um and so I've always had that itch and I've been telling stories and writing stories since I was a kid. Um but when it didn't go well, I realized that I didn't have a lot of information and um, was feeling very discouraged. So I went back to school and fell into graphic design. And I had a whole separate career of graphic design and illustration and being a greeting card designer and then a, and then a design studio owner. And, um, and then I realized in the midst of those seven years of doing something else, how badly I was missing this, this urge to write and I shouldn't be afraid of it. And the next time I sat down to write a book, I did way more research and um, really educated myself in publishing and what it would take and what's a query letter and what is the process of finding an agent. And and then I discovered something called Pitch Wars, which was this um, online like mentoring program between an, an, um, an author or a writer with experience and mentoring an unpublished writer. And so I got into pitch wars and then the next year I was invited to be a mentor and throughout this process I got my first agent and was with her and she sold Woven in Moonlight and then I switched agents and she sold three more of my books and so the process has been I feel like it's been long because I really started you know when I graduated from college and I had to <laughs> I had to go on a whole other separate career path to figure out what it was that I really wanted and how to do it. And I am to be like, to be clear, I'm very thankful for those years where I was a graphic designer because, you know, I came back and then um, I was able to design the cover of my own books and my publisher trusted me so much with that project and it meant a lot to me. So it all worked out. Who are one or two other women writers or creators we should be aware of right now? Oh my gosh. If you have not read any Stacy Lee, I would highly recommend that you check her books out. Her books are, and I can't, I, I'm, when I'm saying her books, I really do mean all of them, like all of them. They are beautiful and lush and character driven and um, just have so much heart and the writing is sublime. I am a huge fan of her work and I cannot recommend her enough. She writes gorgeous and lovely historical YA books. And I highly recommend that you pick up. Uh, she has a new one coming out and it's about the Titanic. So 
if you at all went through a season of, of Titanic obsession, um, this will absolutely scratch that itch. And the other one is Zoraida uh, Cordova, and she is another author whom I really admire. And her worlds are lush and epic, and they have so many like at stakes. And so you're reading the book, and they literally leave you gasping. And her characters are so well drawn. And I would, again, if you love like that kind of adventure and fantasy, I recommend reading her works. And where can listeners find you online? They can find me online um, on my Instagram. I am officially off Twitter. And so I am pretty active on Instagram. And my handle is IsabelWriter09. Thank you for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today, Isabel. It's been a pleasure. You're so welcome. Thank you for your questions. Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, putting the prompt at the top of your page, and free writing whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. Here's Isabel with your prompt. For your prompt, I would like you to choose an Enneagram personality type and write about their point of view as they are experiencing a jungle setting on their very first day. I loved how Isabel Ibanez was so quick to laugh during our interview. She's one of those people who just has an infectious personality. When she was talking about how she initially tried writing after college and that she became discouraged and pursued graphic design instead, it reminded me of my own path. I appreciated how she was grateful for everything that's led her to where she is now. And it reminded me that we can always make the choice to pick up the pen and write again. Nothing is stopping us. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Woman Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at FierceWomenWriting. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.